Welcome to another edition of the Casual Hour, a podcast ostensibly about video games, but mostly about being a madman. I am your host, Bobby Pease. Joining me as always, the gamer on the go, Chase Kenneke, the gamer who used to play more video games than he does now because he's a dad, Johnny Amazich. That's a better that's a better yeah. intro. A more accurate intro. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to be too highbrow for our listeners out there. Play less games. Wow. So uh Chase, you were mentioning that you're watching Mad Men. Yes. I identify as a mad man. You're a mad lad. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you're more of a mad, mad lad. lad. More of a mad lad. Um, it's been a, an interesting week here at the show. Uh, tonight, we're going to tell you all about the month of July and the games that are coming out. But we got to wrap up June. And, oh boy, do we have to wrap up June. Because things just haven't been as rosy as they normally are around the show, if you can imagine that. The last several days, Why? there's a little, I don't know, the honeymoon's over, I guess. The game has been beaten. Uh, Johnny has completed The Last of Us Part 2, and Bobby has as well, and we have some feelings on that. But more to come on what that looks like. Tonight, though, we have to recap a few other games besides those, but... Uh, but before we get into that whole piece of it, Chase, you've been wearing Hello. this headband for a while. Uh, not this headband. I've been wearing a number of headbands. headbands. Yes. I, I bought I bought a pack, a lot, if you will, that has a uh, had uh, twelve different colored headbands in it, and uh, you know the, this bandana lifestyle. I think it's I wouldn't say it's working for me. I don't think it looks good, but I mean, it is it is practical. Are those Axl Rose branded bandanas? No, no. Okay, twelve dollars on it. <laughs> so Walter Sobchak. Yeah. Um, how you guys doing? I'm oh, fine, Bobby. Thank you for asking. It's, uh, it's, it's great. Chase, how are you doing? It's great in this podcast. It's great outside of this podcast. The The United States is doing great. The world's mm. doing great. Yeah. We're all having a great time. Hey, About the only good thing I've heard today is that St. Louis County and City is going to start mandating everyone wearing a fucking mask. Can't make me do it. I'm not no fucking sheep. You do it. Wear you a fucking mask, people. Wear <laughs> Please a fucking wear a mask. mask. Please. That seems like a smart idea. Otherwise. Yeah. You know what? Masks were good enough for Jim Carrey. And his son. Just, yeah. just one. One. <laughs> just, yeah. What was a worse sequel? Son of the Mask. Or... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. <laughs> are, are, is this some fantasy world where the mask is a good movie whoa hang on because i love the mask but the mask sucks let, oh, hang on. let the man finish What's his statement the, the mat the son of the mask or mm -hmm. dumb and dumb -er -er. i've never oh. watched any of those movies oh are you, okay is this the one that's like a prequel to dumb and dumber yeah, yeah. i mean there's that part where uh is it bob saget Someone is like in the bathroom. There's shit all over the bathroom. There's yeah. shit all over the bathroom. That that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jamie Kennedy's just the fucking worst. So, so we say by default because of Jamie Kennedy. Dumb, yeah, Dumb and Dumber. Or hmm? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. I'll yeah. go with that. Was, yeah, I think uh, they I'll, made a they made a second Harold and Kumar movie, didn't they? They did. They made a few of those. They made three, haven't they? 
Didn't they yeah, make like, like a Christmas one? They did. Yeah. Good. So At what world's... point in time do you say, like, I'm going to make a Christmas? Like, we want to make a Christmas. When the first thing makes enough money that maybe make one more after that. You're like, okay, people are still paying to see this. I bet we could get our money back and re- recoup our losses. That is a good question. Like, where, like, when do you decide a sequel's not enough? We need to have a Christmas yeah. special. We need like to go. We need to go outside. Yeah. Yeah, Let's ask George Lucas. The norm. <laughs> yeah, but like he didn't make that thinking it was going to be Star Wars four. No, he uh, he put as much thought you know, and effort into that as he did the prequels. Oh, yeah, you know what I, I hate so. more than than that? I, I'm not a fan of what's been happening over the last several months. I understand it. I get it. I really do. I get it. But I hate the virtualization that these shows are trying to do. Like. Parks and Rec is when it comes to mind. Let's do a webcam-based reunion mm-hmm. and try and make sense of what's going on. Yeah, but also, like, that was for charity. So, like, it's hard to I say get you that. hate it. That, no, I do hate it. Hey, I love what they're they doing did. the best, damn it. Like, that's, that is fan There's a lot of it. That, that is, well, I mean, like, Disney. Yeah. So, like, when my, my nephew was here, we have the Disney Plus channel. Mm-hmm. They had Disney Sing Along, which I'm thinking... Yeah, it's just going to be like the songs from the shows and the, and the movies that you sing along to. No, these are the people that like are very Disney doing webcam like sing-alongs from home that you're supposed to sing along with them. Mm. And there's other places that are doing it. Like I've seen a lot of commercials like on Hulu that do it. I can't stand it. It's it's terrible. Like it's just terrible. We so don't need it. So you're saying you hate to watch people talking through microphones through the internet. Uh, over like in their homes yeah you don't like i have to sit and do web fucking video stuff all day long right. the last thing i want to do is be in that I, I want some escapism from that totally point. like you you don't want to see what's in somebody's apartment or look at their dumb I just, face i don't yeah like i get why you're doing it like i know why you're doing of, that. like some sort of podcast you don't yeah. like that's so stupid i, I get I it i just it. don't I hate like the it, podcast right Bobby? <laughs> i Damn it, I respect you. Hey, here's here's the good news. Uh, has there been any blackface in any of these uh, <laughs> new web web video from home specials? Not that I've you seen. Would... Okay, because there's been a little bit in the past, and we've taken it out now. Which is, I guess, yeah, that's, a, I guess been, that's a good step. There's why, been... Why it was in there to begin things. with? Who knows, but... You guys want to talk about video Not games? Great. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about video games. Video I'm games just trying to avoid cool. it at this point in time. I'm well, just we don't have to, to talk it. about that video game. I'm not going to talk about that video game. I haven't played it. Um. Well, you have been playing something else, though. I've, I've been playing the second worst game. And I was going to say that came out this year, but it didn't. It came out last year. Like this, this you game don't is, like it? No, it, I, I like it. I just hate it, you know? Mm-hmm. I get that. <laughs> We're talking about Ring Fit Adventure. So, you, you know, the, the game... You got a copy of it. Yeah. We all got copies all of this. We all got copies. Where'd you get your copies? I got mine from Amazon. I got mine from Bobby. Uh, Best Buy. So I got mine from Best Buy. All right, cool. Uh, yeah, like it, it seems like uh, Nintendo made some more of those finally and put them out there just in time for the second wave, you know? They still <laughs> sell out like uh, that. No, you can't they, have a second do. wave if that first one ever ends. That's true. That's that's sadly true. Uh, anyway, yes, we all have our Ring Fit adventures now. 
Uh, we can all play it. I, I find it interesting that Nintendo put out that jump rope game uh, where it was like, yeah, hey, you don't have Ring Fit, but here's like this free jump rope game, something to get you active. And then like a week later, they're like, right. yeah, we've got Ring Fit Adventure now if you want to buy it. I'm like, oh, okay, well, guess I'm never going to Do you think Ring Fit Adventure was harder to get than the the classic consoles that came out a few years ago? Uh, I think it was. I really do. Yeah, maybe. maybe. I, I think Corona it was tough because I, mean, I wasn't... Because I wasn't initially trying to get a Ring Fit Adventure, because I because yeah. I thought like, nah, I don't need that. And then when I decided like, oh, you know what? Maybe gamification for exercise. You're out of shape. You could use something like that, you dummy. Um, then everybody had known that and had bought them all up. So then there was this super dry period where you couldn't find it ever. Right, and I guess it's it's hard to compare to like a SNES classic where it was like, oh, I want to get those day one if I can, right. and it was part of that craziness. Um, anyway, I, I've been playing Ring Fit Adventure as have you. Um, I've put yeah, uh, I put ten days into it, and then I pulled a muscle, so I've taken the last two days off. Uh, but I don't think that's the game's fault. I think that is my out of shape. Oh, this is uh, this is just an extended cooldown. Yeah, it's incredibly exactly. effective at what it's doing. Yeah, that first day, uh, I got tired. <laughs> Holy <Yeah>. shit! <laughs> it was it was rough, uh, yep. and and that was that was no fun at all. Uh, I felt like I was gonna die. Um, but then you know, a day or two later, you start to kind of get into it, and now I'm doing as much or more that I did on day one and feeling just fine. Like I wouldn't say barely breaking a sweat. I'm still taking a shower after every session, but uh, I've gotten to a point now where it's like, okay, that wasn't too bad. You know what? Maybe I'll even go for a little bit longer than I, than I normally do. And, and that's been okay. Or, or like I'll cool down with a mini game. Like I'll do the, the cool down stretches and it's like, Oh, I'll play one of those mini games. I'll do the break the crate one really Beat the shit out of my arms. Um, yeah, I think Johnny. How much have you played? Uh, three days. No, I haven't. I haven't played the last Look, two. Looking swole. Looking. Thank real you. Swole. Yeah, this shirt's a little tight. It's it's doing it's working for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been playing, it and Jude has also been playing some of it. How's he feel about it? He thinks it's a lot of fun. Sure. As yeah. soon as I start playing it, he asked me if he can play. Nice. I, I bet for a kid that would be like just gives you carte blanche to just move around and do a bunch of motions yeah. and stuff. Uh, my 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 lovely wife uh, got a little frustrated with me because she's like, "We're trying to get him to go outside. Why? Mm. <laughs> Why? Because uh, the uh, the over and you said, honey, I'm sorry, but I'm trying to look more sexy for you. Yeah. If the kid has to stay inside a little look, bit more to make this that jawline, happen, you know, it, it doesn't just happen. It's still pretty good." But, you got to work at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I think that, like you said, it's, it's very, very good at what it does. I was definitely feeling it uh, after one session. My legs hurt the next day. Um, my arms, too. So it's anything to encourage me to get more exercise than I do, which is not a whole lot to begin with, I think is a good thing. Bobby, how are you finding it? I find it really good, actually. Uh, I think it's... Uh, I don't. I don't particularly like uh, with the balance board that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of 
and we fit felt so. more like yoga than it yeah. than it felt like yeah, calisthenics or, or, yeah. or aerobic yeah. stuff. Whereas this this I think is a really good mix. Uh, I I really like how they have the color coded um, motions that that are color coded to different kinds of exercise or different target areas, and and then I really love the way once you get a little further into that game where you get the color advantage thing where you want to use specific attacks attacks slash exercises on right. specifically colored enemies to do extra damage like that is that is the kind of gamification yeah. i need out of exercise where I, you know if somebody's like hey do you want to do squats i'm like fuck no squats suck and they're like well what if you did a little bit of extra damage if you did squats like, bring it on let's do three sets yeah yep <laughs> but i think that it's also made me feel like I've definitely noticed the day after, like, especially after the first few days, I was like, wow, I feel markedly better. Like I can, I have better movement. Like I noticed that like, like even as I'm like prepping to do another session when I'm doing stretching, I'm more effective at my stretching. It doesn't hurt as bad. I have more flexibility I'm noticing. And then I, I'm feeling like I'm getting enough, but not like to the point where it feels punitive. And eventually I might want that. But right now is like an, a very, very new beginner to exercising after a long period of not doing it. It feels very encouraging, but also like it understands that you are going to be experiencing things that you haven't done for a while. And it's trying to build good habits. I like that it's very mindful as well about warming up, cooling down, being active and like even giving you an out. Because I think that like a lot of times with a game, what Nintendo's done really well is. Games are very addictive in nature. They want to keep you going and, and making you stay in that world and playing it where this is very good about checking up on you to make sure that you're good. Mm-hmm. Like I think even with like reading your biometrics after a, a session, it could probably alert you like, hey, something might be off. Um, you should probably cool down or, or seek help. And I think that those things are good too, but I do appreciate what it's done with so little also. I mean, comparatively speaking to other things that you've seen in the past, like, you hold this ring and you strap one to your leg and then you use the joy cons. And again, those joy cons continually impress with everything that they've done from the labo to now working out to just even the ability to like have two people play tabletop or wherever. Um, pretty, pretty cool stuff. From Nintendo. I, I, think I think it's well worth it. I agree. I think the, the joy con stuff, especially the tech in that is, is pretty revolutionary for this. Cause I think back to something like we fit, or, or honestly, anything with the Wii, and having to put the 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 sensor bar in a in a spot where it might catch the Wii motes, and then even Wii Motion right. Plus, and just having that go wildly wildly off the mark and have have to get it calibrated again, and I feel like this just works, yeah, because it has those accelerometers in it, because it knows the about distance and height and things like that, and it's just. It, it just works like the, the game yeah. knows that I'm in a squat Very position. Good. The game knows that I have my arms up in the air. And and like you said, this is like I've only been playing it on the TV because I've I've been at home when I've done this. But I'm about to go see my parents for for Fourth of July weekend. And, you know, I don't know if I'm going to work out over the weekend. But if I do, it's good to know that I could just have this put the put the little uh, kickstand out. And then I can do this from anywhere because I don't really need to. Like, I only need to see enough of the screen to know what exercise to do next. And other than that, like it's it's fine. I don't have to like worry about a sensor bar, and I can just go about go about the workout. 
Um, I've even gone yeah. into just listening to a podcast while I do it because I've I've gotten to a point where I I don't need to hear Tip tell me how to how right. to do my dynamic stretches. Um, I don't need I don't need any of the the talking that goes on in the game, and that's kind of where I like it to be. The only time that it sucks is when I'm doing my cooldown stretches and they have me like bend over and and reach down because now my head isn't looking at the screen. So I have to kind of give yeah. a guess on how much time it's been and look back up and then Tip's head is still down. Tip is like their Wii Fit trainer um, equivalent uh, who's showing you how to do the stretches and, and the motions to do. Uh, so I see his head still down when I bring mine up and I go, oh, I'm, so I'm sorry, Tip, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll put my head back down. It's, yeah, the only, the only complaint right. I have with it, I wish I would have had it back in March. Yes, it absolutely. It would have made yeah. my quarantine and I tried. I definitely tried. Um, my, my I got close to buying it for two hundred. I really did. Yeah, I just I couldn't. I couldn't spend that much money on it. Um, I think my my thing. I you mentioned all these reasons why you think it's good that it that it's. I wouldn't say soft on you, but it it is mindful of you uh, of a person and and is giving you all those outs and encouraging you. Uh, they don't have a bad thing to say in the game um it's it's all exercise within your ability do these stretches as far as you feel comfortable uh you know i think you've done enough you want to take you want to cool down now and and that's all well and good i think me personally probably does need uh, a little bit more of a push i don't need jillian michaels on my ass but i do i do feel like i need the game to say like hey what you're doing now probably isn't enough to get you where you want to be and I know that's that's probably asking too much of the game to be a personal trainer like that, to know when to push you. But right. I, I think for me personally, I probably need that that little bit more of a push to say, hey, do one more level. Like just just do another one and and then you'll be okay. Because what you're doing right now, you know, might might not be enough. It's just kinda of for funsies. Um but even so, I, I still feel like I've been getting a pretty good workout. My you said you felt good the la the next couple days after you started. I felt like absolute garbage after I started, but garbage in the way that, like, man, everything is sore. Like things have really happened here, and so now, right. ten ten days later or something, when I'm doing it, I go, okay, it's it's good now that I don't feel that way. Yeah, like now I've started to like callous over, or get used to it, and and it uh it feels all right. I I think the exercises are pretty good. I live on the sixth floor of an apartment building, but uh, and they have the the silent mode. I can't remember exactly what silent mode does. Is it just take away all the like the running and jumping kind of stuff? I, yeah, I don't think you have to lift your legs. Okay, uh, or like they make you do lunges instead of running or something like that. Lunges suck. Lunges are maybe the yeah. my least favorite thing in the entire world, and I hate that I have to do them to do that dynamic stretching every every yep. morning. But I probably need them. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, it's fine. I'm I'm hoping to stick with it. Um, I I feel like if there was a time for me to drop it, it's right now. Where I've taken these last two days off to let my legs stop being sore. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna try to stick back into it and uh, and see what happens. Nice. What yeah. else you been playing? Uh, well, other than that one game, I've been playing uh, about fifty one other games. Oh man. Where yeah, did you find the time you guys, to play 51 other games? Yeah, you guys want me to break them down because they are all worldwide classics. 
and I think they all deserve mention on the podcast. Yeah, so I, I've been playing Clubhouse Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics. I, I decided to break down and buy that as uh, it seems like a pretty good deal. It's it's 40 bucks for 51 games, and I just felt like that game was not going to go on sale. That, that that is... Maybe not. That is a mainstream enough kind of title, plus it has also right. gotten some some appeal some uh some praise out of more hardcore outlets and and reviewers that i think a lot of people are getting into this where they haven't necessarily in the past so i i just thought like this one's not going on sale it's already cheaper than a normal game just buy it you're you know you want to play some of these anyway how how often do you guys play board or card games uh play a lot of card games we we try and make that a regular thing in our house. Um, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of different board games that are kid friendly. Uh, I've taught Jude how to play a couple card games. Um, so I try and make it a regular thing, but we don't do nice. it as often as we should. Well, I I live alone, so it's hard to get any sort of that stuff going on. Uh, I do end up playing Boggle with my parents and a number of card and dice games with them, but uh, you know it's. <laughs> It's weird. It, it's like I feel like I should be playing cards with some people. I, I wish I had like a poker night or something to go to. Uh, not right now because can't, but or shouldn't rather. But uh, it, yeah. So I don't know. I, I thought you know it, I might be able to learn a few new games here, uh, play a couple games that I remember playing and liking, even though they have different names that are not copyrighted. So it's not Othello or Mastermind. I don't even know what they call the those games in this but uh it just seemed it seemed like something i needed to play and i think the thing that really pushed me over the edge is there are a couple of japanese games specifically that i see a lot in anime that i see a lot talked about by friends who live in japan um that i have always wondered like okay what are the rules of that like what i've i've seen them i've seen um shogi compared to chess but is that actually like chess or is it like the way pokemon calls um onigiri jelly donuts because that those rock those ain't jelly donuts man that's that's rice <laughs> that's you don't you don't have jelly donut right mm, that's not not the same um anyway it turns out shogi very much like chess uh, and one of the one of the things they do first, you make a profile in this game in in the whole overall game, the fifty one worldwide classics. You make a little profile. You tell them your uh, where kind of where you're from. You get to like place your little board game piece on the globe. So you you put it down wherever's kind of nearest where you live, and then it asks you like what's your greatest desire in life and what's your favorite food, and it has. It has a list where you have to pick from one of those things. So is this like, is it tacos or is it pizza uh, for your favorite food? Is it uh, true love or is it, um, oh God, I can't even remember the other ones. I don't even remember what I picked. It wasn't true love. It was uh, true hate. I, I, video games is absolutely one of the other <laughs> one of the other options you can pick for that. Um, anyway. So once you do all that, then they give you a number of options because they realize they're not just going to slap a big menu of 51 games at you to, to begin with. It's not Marvel vs. Capcom 2's uh, character select screen. It is, 
here's here's a little breakdown. We put them into categories, and one of those categories that they give you really early is Nintendo's history. And go, ooh, that that sounds fun. And where they say, yes, this is these are Nintendo games that that Nintendo made before they started making video games because they were a card and toy company uh, before before they got into to video games. And and I thought, all right, cool. Let's let's give some of these a shot. So I played Hanafuda, Gomaku, President, Shogi, and then I, I just hit random on on one before I quit the session and it landed on bowling. So I gave bowling a shot. Hey. Which one of those five games would you like to hear about first? Uh, Shogi. Okay, Shogi. Uh, like I said, it is very much like chess. You thankfully in in this game you can or in the the video game version you can get a universal set that will put um, American or not American uh, Arabic letters and numbers not Arabic Arabic numbers but the alphabet puts the puts the fucking English alphabet there you go on the on the shogi pieces so you can tell like okay this is the knight equivalent. This is the king equivalent. You could, it just puts the letters on those things so you know what those are. But then it also has the, the kanji characters uh, on there as well if you want to play normally. Or you can even change the pieces up to, to be the, the quote-unquote normal set that doesn't have the, the English alphabet on it. So Shogi's pretty cool. I mean, it's basically chess in that you have like a row of pawns and then a row of pieces that do more specialized moving than pawns, but they have uh, a number of different options. There are lancers. Those go on the ends where like your rooks would go in chess, but they can only move forward. They can move forward as many spaces as they want, but they can only move forward. They can't move to the side and they can't move back. One of the oh. interesting things I found about Shogi is that not a lot of pieces can move back. It's a, it's a very much a forward kind of game. Uh, and all your pawns can only move forward, they, which they can in chess, but they can't even attack diagonally. They can only attack forward as well. So it does change the way you're putting out pieces. Uh, there's only one bishop, and the bishop works pretty similarly to, to the way it works in chess, it work going on diagonals. But because you only have one, you're only getting... Like, you know how in chess you have, like, a black bishop and a white bishop that can go on... Well, I mean, they're both the same color, but they can only go on those colors because it's like it's on a black square, so it can only go on black squares because it's going diagonally, and your other one can only go on white squares because it's going diagonally? Yes? No? We've played chess yes. before? Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, so there, there's no black and white squares on a shogi board, but you can definitely tell, like, okay, well, there are just certain spaces I can't go on this board with this bishop because it just isn't in the right alignment. Um, and then there are also silver generals and gold generals. Those are, I, there are other pieces too, but I think those are kind of interesting in that they can, they kind of work, a, they're like a mix between king and queen, where they can move one space, but it's not quite anywhere. They, they can move side to side, front or back, or the front diagonals. They can't move the two back diagonals. It's, it's very interesting the way the pieces move. But then you get to the coolest part about Shogi is that when you capture pieces, they go into your kind of capture pile, and then you can play those pieces as your own pieces and put them back cool. on the board 
and kind of put them back on the board wherever the fuck you want to put them, which is kind of nuts. And also, kind of like checkers, if you get far enough in, uh, if you get a piece far enough on the board into the opponent's territory, and it's it's a little murky exactly what the, the line is, I don't know if it just has to get behind the line of pawns or or what exactly, but your pieces can promote, like like getting kinged in checkers. And then their movement changes, <laughs> sometimes really drastically. So like some pieces can now uh, move, like the, the bishop can now move in one space anywhere around them, like a, kind of like a, a king does. But then on top of that can also move as far as they want diagonally. So you could huh. just move it to the side one square if you wanted, or you can go all the way across the board on a diagonal. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts how all these things work. So what happened for me, I, I only played one match, and I ended up getting a checkmate because the, the computer wasn't on a pretty high difficulty. It was on pretty low. And I had these two basically knights... Uh, I forgot exactly what they're called. They start with N, but they move like knights, except again, they can't go backwards and they can't go further to the side. So it's either one to the right and three up or one to the left and three up. That's it. But I had, I'd taken one of their knights, whatever it is, and then I had mine go up far enough where it was putting the king in check. And then I was able to throw one of these other, one of the captured knights that I had back on the board and put it in checkmate because it's like oh yeah you forgot about this piece you activated my trap card like it it definitely felt like some Yu-Gi-Oh ass shit of like well you you didn't even look at the thing that wasn't on the board isn't that crazy and then I just slapped it down it's nuts it's it's pretty cool I'd like to play more of it Um, it does feel like it gets deadlocked way more than chess does and chess I feel like there's more space to move or i feel Mm -hmm. like i have more freedom or because the pieces can move back and forth it feels like it's not just such a log jam in the middle but for shogi it feels like everyone moves up their pawns and then everyone's too scared to move their pawn one more because those all just get taken and there's it just feels like there's very little challenging that you do early in the game but maybe that's something that from the untrained eye uh my my total novice brain doesn't see the big shogi picture still i think it's cool mm, um, the big shogi so yes, you're having the, fun with the, this the, the big shogi. clubhouse game very good i am i am i'll go through the other ones shorter because they're they're honestly not as uh deep uh gomaku have you guys played connect four yes yep cool this is connect five and it's horizontal <laughs> you're uh you're putting these black and Slow white down. stones you're going too fast <laughs> i know you're putting black and white stones on the board it's it's actually more like tic-tac-toe it feels because yeah it's it like feels the like game board for this yeah you're kind of like trying to outsmart the the other player into putting their pieces to think that they're blocking you but you're actually just setting them up for a trap where now you have a, a lane of four and can and then guarantee your win because they can only block it from one way and then you can get the other the other way finished um it's it's hard <laughs> I, I even under the lowest difficulty it felt just like tic-tac-toe where it's like is this all just cat's game because i was just getting locked up it's like i don't know what high strategy move i'm supposed to make and again this was only my first couple games of gomaku 
but it was really cool and i would like to play more of that and that was uh that one was kind of fun uh hanafuda is one i was probably most interested in because it is like the most nintendo history they were making hanafuda decks i believe before they even made playing card decks and uh that game has always just seemed wild to me because it is just pictures it's just a bunch of pictures on cards slash pieces of wood blocks that that the the pieces are made out of and you just you just kind of keep slapping anytime i watch the game being played it's like people just slap a card onto another card and then they throw it over to the side like i i don't understand (laughs) what any of these cards mean but one of the great things about clubhouse games and i should have mentioned this earlier like they have these pretty solid tutorials just to set up the game for you set up the rules lots of guides that allow you even while you're playing to check and see okay what can i play here what is what is allowed what are the kinds of what's what's like the basic strategy i should be doing so in hanafuda basically you're looking to make pairs and when you make a pair you get to keep those cards and those cards have many different qualities to them so basically there's four cards there's 12 sets of cards and each set has four cards within them and the 12 sets represent the 12 months of the year and those pictures will also represent those months of the year so you'll see these kind of uh like pine tree looking things on december and you'll see that pattern on four of those cards and you know okay these are all four of the december cards but within that some of those cards are more special than other ones some of those cards are what are called shaft cards where uh where you just you just have those they're like they're they're kind of nothing cards but they can come up if you collect enough of them uh there are also seed cards and there aren't as many of those and if you collect enough of the seed cards, you also can get a bunch of points for those. There's also poetry cards or, or like uh, poetry slips. There's red and blue ones. Some of them have writing on them. Some of them don't. <laughs> but if you collect enough of these certain kinds of poetry slip cards, then you can also get points. And then there are the lights. And those make up special kinds of, of combinations. So it's almost like this weird go fish meets poker because you're kind of trying to make hands that get you that have hierarchies. And it's it's very I still don't quite understand it. And even when they have Me guides, either. I know it's it's a lot. Yeah. What's uh, happening? They even yeah, have guides. I, I don't know which king you're talking about. <laughs> Hanafuda. It's like, OK, Hanafuda is the one with all the pictures, bunch okay. of pictures on the cards. Uh and it's very pretty to look at, and you just don't really know what's going on because I'm just looking for like something that has a two or a four or a spade or a heart on it, and there isn't that. I mean, the game has suits and it has hierarchies like like a pack of playing cards does, but they're all different. It's like learning a different language because it just it's just works different here. It's these these cards are also the five lights and if you collect all all of the five lights you get to make this great hand that gets you a bunch of points and you can play hanafuda in a number of rounds and only one person can score points in a round and it's kind of whoever gets enough points but also you can say koi koi (laughs) and if you say koi koi 
the next person who makes any sort of match that that goes into one of these kinds of sets then gets all the points. So it's like a way to steal uh, if you don't say koi koi, but if you do say koi koi, it's a it's an opportunity to get a bunch of bonus points. It's it's very weird. I won my first game 41 to 0 and went like, "Oh, okay, this game seems easy." And then I've lost all my other ones terribly and I went, "Well, wait a minute. What's what's happening? What am I doing differently?" <laughs> um but I think of all these games that I played, Hanafuda is the one where I was like, "I want to I want to learn how to play this more because I feel like there's a ton of strategy here that I'm just not getting. And I, I honestly, I didn't even describe half the rules to you guys and half of the mechanics in this game because there's just so much to learn out of this. You know, and it's, it's fascinating. I, I was, I was leaning towards getting this when it went on sale or something, but this all sounds really cool. I will probably it, have to pick this up. It is cool. I wish, uh, I wish we had more time to hear more about it. Totally, totally. I'll skip President. It's like a pretty basic card game uh, with with some cool twists to it. But What's I this do want bowling. What is I bowling? do want to mention bowling because is it better than Wii Sports bowling? It's absolutely not. That's why I want to talk about it. Like it is, it is a the a rough amalgamate a rough uh, not amalgamation a rough approximation of Wii bowling. It doesn't have it doesn't feel like it has the finer details of that. Uh, it. It just, it felt like I was throwing it, throwing it down, and I was throwing it down through a number of predetermined paths. Like, you can put a little English on the ball, but even that feels like, oh, it's like one of the four types of English you could put on the ball, and it's going to go this way or this way or this way. Um, it just, it feels, it, it's interesting because they have a bunch of games in, in the Clubhouse Games collection that say toy blank, so it's like toy baseball or toy football and and then they have bowling but it's not toy bowling it's regular bowling but it still feels like it's a toy because it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it has that perfect analog it's like control the uh, like the Wii plastic the plastic bowling ball and pins we had for jude when he was a lot a, a little bit yeah like it, it feels a little bit better than that but it definitely doesn't feel like it has the nuance of something like a wee bowling where i felt like i was i was really putting english on the ball to to make it yeah, relatively perfect to what I'm kind of talking about. Um, but it was still, you know, in a pinch. I, I'm de- definitely not pulling out my Wii and the the sensor bar and Wiimotes and all that stuff to play bowling. But I could totally do this. And yeah. because it doesn't have the sensor bar, it's so much easier to just bowl and not get warnings all the time saying like, oh, I don't that. know what happened. It's like this time it always knows what happens. So that's that's nice. I'm get, I'm definitely going to try out more of these games. Um, playing a bunch of these games meant I didn't play a new itch game this week, so sorry about that. This is super um, cool though. Like, there's games I had no idea about. There, there are some that I there were still a ton that I definitely want to play. Um, I bought this now, thinking that we got this long holiday weekend going on. I might try to introduce my parents to a couple of these and see how they feel about it. Um, so, so we'll see what happens. But I, I had a good time learning some things about games that I had previously only seen in pop culture. And it was yeah. cool to get a, a more of a sense of that. Uh, I also played I'm a little bit of Pokemon Fulligan. Uh, Pokemon Fulligan is fine. It's It hasn't been that bad. There, there was a girl who was scared of me, so she taught me Thunder Wave, so I wouldn't hurt her. And that felt <laughs> weird. But I got Thunder <laughs> Wave, so that's fine. That's all I got. 
Well, I want to hear more about the Clubhouse games. I've been looking at it myself. I thought it'd be a lot of fun for Sarah and I. Those are things that we enjoy doing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, well, I've got a few updates for you guys. I did play a few things that came out later on in the month, but I wanted to update uh, about Persona with you all. So Please do. I've been playing a, I've been playing a lot of Persona 4, and then I started to play the last. Uh, Persona 4 Golden. There's a difference. Golden. Um, I just completed my first castle uh, in the game. Yeah. And uh, that was really cool. It's. I think that they, to me at least, this starts off more challenging than what I recall. Mm -hmm. um, I think that first castle was a little bit tougher because you're, the you're game saying you wish even. that somebody told you to go to bed. Is that what you were looking for? I mean, I I'm not saying I want that level of hand holding, <laughs> but it's like, hey, you need to get ready. And like when the when the rain starts, the fog comes. I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? Like, when do I know when the fog's gonna be here? And like, gotcha. how much time do I actually have to to prep? And like, what should I be focusing on? Because at that point in time. They're like, you need to be ready to go. Well, I can't go and like get my personas leveled up at this point in time. The only thing I can really do is work on my social links and then my own my own personal thing. So I felt pretty ill-equipped for what it was. I didn't have a lot of money to begin with, so I couldn't buy a lot of stuff. I didn't really know what I should be focusing on buying going into it. Um, but I did take a like a pause on like the fifth level. I think there's eight in that first castle. And I'm like, okay. You're kind of getting your ass handed to you. You're running out of resources. Why don't you stop here, go back out, get some of the th stuff that you know you need. But then I started to look at uh, one of the things I do want to call out, at least in this PC version, the difficulty settings and what mm -hmm. they really allow you to do on this game. And there's basically it's, you know, for the lack of better terms, easy, normal, hard. Let's just, I think that's actually what it is. Um, you can tweak it to where it's like, okay, I want the damage that I'm receiving to be like really high level. Yeah. Um, I want to, I don't want to get a lot of EXP from this battle, but I want to get more money. I mean, you can tweak it down to that level of detail. So I started to play around with that a little bit because I, it's not that I'm not looking for a challenge, but I want to play this big ass game for the story that everybody talks about because mechanically, it's really kind of jarring for me to go back to, even though it doesn't look terrible. Um, it's definitely it's showing its age. A yeah, bit. it's not not nearly as refined and as good of an experience as with the big combat. I would be plus. lying if I told you too that like there's parts of me that's like I'd really like to check out Persona Five Royal instead right now. But yeah. at the same time, that's that's totally acceptable. I almost bought that today because it was like thirty five dollars. I know. I, but I, I do think that these characters are seemingly interesting. I know that what I have learned in my short experience with JRPGs especially is there's a little getting into them before they start to show their true colors. Um, so I like enough of what's happening there to get into it. And getting to that first castle was a lot of fun. Um, I have, I think, I'm back, like I'm, I'm starting to get some jobs. I'm working through that. And again, like having the knowledge in Persona 5 is good for me because I do know that like these are things I should invest in. Um, I'm kind of being a bit of a shithead and I have a guide for like answering the questions the right way. Dude, I think that's not only don't even feel bad about that. I, I encourage it totally like that is because uh, when I played that game on the Vita, that was my first time playing Persona 4 anything and I was playing Golden on the Vita. Um, it. I, f I felt like I made a number of mistakes when I played that mm -hmm. 
like not getting a part-time job because I thought, oh, that's just a way to make money and I'm feeling like I'm fine on money, not not realizing there was a social link attached to it that I just totally missed out on. Um, and, And then, yeah, I tried to answer some of those questions and they're not questions made for us. They are questions made for people in Japan. Like there's right. a lot of yeah. Japanese history stuff in there that we're just not really supposed to know. Like some stuff you'll learn sure. from the lessons as they teach them, but other things, it's just more helpful yeah. if you and, have a guide yeah. and it's fine. You know, the way I looked at it, my time is very limited. I think if I were new, if I knew that I was going to be able to play this through again at some point, maybe I would try and do it on my own and then be like, well, I know what to do better next time. But I think realistically, you will probably only play this game once. There's nothing wrong with trying to maximize, you know. Yeah, so I've got a guide for my social links. I've also got a guide for classroom questions. And that way it's like, hey, you're going to get the most out of this conversation if you say this particular thing. Yep. Well, what I like about it is is that they'll be like, hey, if you uh, are working on this particular leveling up, none of it really fucking matters, so just go with your heart. And the guide that I'm using is pretty helpful. So I'm having like these engines in and out of it. I do like the game. Uh, it it looks really good on uh, my PC here. I think that they've I'm running it at 4K. It looks really nice, and the controls when you're in when you're not in combat. What I hate about and I can't figure out how to tweak this and change it is it's inverted when you when you're turning, and so if I want to go left, I have to push right, and if I want to go yeah. right, I have to push left. I think that sounds familiar. You can't so, change the axis. I, I'm going to look at it a little bit. You can use your shoulder buttons to turn instead, which feels awkward. But um, yeah, still still playing that. I'll probably play a little bit more of that tonight when we get done recording. Uh, but I did pick up one of the games that I was excited about. Uh, on uh, This game came out last week. Switch, iOS, Android, PC. Uh, I think it's on console also. Um, so just about everything. Switch. Yeah, it's uh, I I got it for three dollars on the uh, App Store for Apple. Same so thing. when I looked at this game, uh, I don't know. Have you guys played it yet? No, I just downloaded it, but I haven't played it. So this game, we even talked about it back in our June preview. Like, hey, this looks like a really cool Monument Valley. It's got some similar color palettes to it. It seems like a little diorama or an isometric look into these rooms that you'll be navigating through. Awesome. Can't wait. I love that game. I've talked about it on Chase's other podcast, Gamers on the Go. I fire up this game, and the first thing you see is a warning that the content and story of this game is very unsettling. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And I'm like, whoa. (laughs) What the fuck? And that's okay. Mind you, you've been you've been prepared. You've you've gotten a lot of I've practice. Been prepared, but to the point of like I wanted to maybe not have that experience any longer. Mm. And I I did my work, and so uh, you get into it, and you're greeted to this warning, and immediately uh, this game is definitely going into some concepts that are very difficult. Oh, uh, no, there's some addiction. There is you're basically kind of in limbo between life and death and you're seeing a lot of shit that happened between your parents. And I think it only gets worse from that. Um, I've heard people, I've heard people say it's like PT meets monument Valley. Um, so it's a point and click adventure. I don't know if adventure is the right word to use here, but you are 
grabbing things and like you might be grabbing at one point in time a couple of pills that happen to be laying in some wine and you're like going and seeing that maybe mom was hiding some things from you like you might find liquor in a safe and some stuff like that uh it's very heavy so far in the early hours of it but it is very very pretty it's very well done the world design that they're doing like these little intimate viewings of the house that you start off in like it's really playful and it's really done in a a unique way it's like the best way i can explain it is have you ever heard a song that just sounds so great This is some heavy ass shit that you mm-hmm. but it's masked behind this really pretty facade. Man, I tried it's to think of, of like a joke. I tried to think of a joke song to to say closer yeah. by Nine Inch Nails. You know, you first listen to yeah. it and you're like, man, what a yeah, I can snap my fingers to this, and then you read the lyrics and you're like, oh man. But it is it does take in a lot into consideration when it comes to like the type of games that came before. There was one pretty cool thing. So a globe that has buttons you can click star patterns and things of that nature but you end up there's something inside the globe that is rattling and you find out the game does a pretty good job of uh it just throws you into the world but if you explore the environment there's a lot of reward for doing so and then you have an inventory or prescriptions or bottles things of that nature that you can. So you're actually um, going back I, and forth between these rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the, the whole thing, basically like, let's say I'm in the kitchen, right? And I pull up the kitchen, the mechanism, I'm playing this on an iPhone and an iPad uh, when you use touch. So if you touch like the front corner of the room that you're in, sure. but then uh, on the sides of the room, there's going to be arrows and you have to kind of memorize like the direction that you're going like okay two two sections back was the library or whatever and i can go back in there and get it there's no map that i'm seeing so it's just kind of exploring through it you can swipe the room or you can tap the arrow so each room has the ability to move it around there's upstairs downstairs you find ways to go outside of this particular area So there's a lot. It's a slow-paced game, um, and I would say that like it's a bit. The it says it's best played with headphones on, at least how I'm playing it, and it's kind of droney and ominous quite a bit, like the soundscape is. So it, it's a weird they, world to be in. Are they asking you to use headphones because they want it to be so atmospheric, or because you're actually getting audio cues that you need? Atmospheric. Okay. So far, I haven't seen anything with audio, but there is a lot of like visual things like you might need to look i'm not i I just don't want to give away the sure but i guess my point is and i guess maybe it's a bad point because it sounds like it's being such a heavy game it's probably not a podcast game you're probably not listening to a podcast while you do this because who who needs the audio Um, yeah yeah i don't think that that's what you want to do it's definitely different than what i thought and i have read a few uh reviews on it and that seems to be this game lures you in and everybody calls out Monument Valley. They all call it out. They're like, yeah, everybody loved that game in 2014. And this seems to be another one of those. And then you get into it. You got that warning. Then you- it, sa- it sounds like the dark sequel to Hidden My Game by Mom. In a way, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You know, going back and forth between rooms. The gritty reboot. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, maybe not the game that I wanted to play immediately after The Last of Us Part Two. And mm. I think who better to tell you why I might feel that way than Johnny Amazich? So, um, Johnny and I both finished this game. We did a uh, couple couple days apart from one another, and I know. Both feeling different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to put it bluntly, ultimately, I did not like The Last of Us Part Two. Um, I am not someone who typically likes survival horror games. Uh, they stress me out. And in, in The Last of Us Part One, the thing that kept pulling me through was the story. And at the end, it paid off immensely. I love that game. Um, and this one... Like, the the first game... Sorry to cut you off. Like, the first game didn't... To me, didn't... Because I also don't like survival horror games. But mm-hmm. I almost wouldn't classify the original Last of Us as a, as a survival uh, horror game. There, there were some moments... There was a, a moment in the basement of the hotel that yeah. I almost quit playing the game because it stressed me out so badly. But I ended up pushing through it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it does have some scary stuff. It's got some stealth stuff. It's, it's but just I me. Think, I, like, well, I, I think it's because of, of the Uncharted pedigree where I'm thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, this isn't a survival horror game. It's just, you know, another action action adventure game except there are zombies in it. Yeah. And But now that I've been reading some reviews and have people saying survival horror and talking about the first game like that, I went, yeah, I guess the first one is that. I just, <laughs> I would never put that next to Resident Evil and say that the same thing. Um, and okay, so I will, I will try and keep this as succinct and civil as I possibly can. Um, I will say, I don't know the last time I was so let down by my own disappointment because I assumed this was going to be my game of the year. Like that's, it was a pretty safe assumption for me. When I first announced it, I was skeptical. I felt like, I don't know if they need to make a sequel to this game, let alone one featuring Joel and Ellie. I feel like they could undo all of that wonderful work that they did uh, in that first game. And in the end, I don't think that this game needed to exist. I, I really don't. Um, I, I wish that they had told a different story in this universe because um, it is an incredibly well-crafted world uh, with lots of interesting stories and things to explore and tell. Um, but for me... Anyway, the message that they are trying to send, the, the these, the story of hate, the cycle of violence, uh, you know, they even said they don't necessarily care about people having fun playing this game. And I just feel like it hits you so much over the head with the message that it's trying to convey that I just, it lost any gravity. I, I just said, Giraffe. it stressed me out to play it. Um, and right, so I mean, like, so, what, so you use that word fun a few times offline too, and I just get tripped up by that word because, like, what's been fun about this? Well, game I enjoyed prior? the story so much in the first game, and that's not a fun story. It's no, no, it's not. but there's there's enjoyment though. There there yeah. are there are lighter moments. There are there are things They're that here too. Sure, sure, but I mean, I didn't play it, so I'm I'm just kind of going off what you guys are saying. But I think there's a satisfaction to playing some games. And and watching some movies or reading books, like there's there are things that are definitely not fun to watch, play, or listen to, but that that still offer something satisfying. The Telltale Heart I, 
is not a fun story. (laughs) I'll just say, like, Johnny and I disagree immensely on this, so I'm going to let him finish because I don't want to be a dick. I I I just the by the midway point of that game, uh, or what I feel should be the ending of the game. I feel like this game is like 15 hours too long. Uh, the rug is yanked out from under your feet. You lose all momentum, and I feel like the narrative, like the game suffers just as much from pacing and an uneven method of storytelling. Uh, that I just completely disagree with. If they had broken it up and presented what they give to you in the second half and say more of an episodic fashion, I think I would have liked that more. But halfway through, you're thrown into something. I will try and avoid spoilers here as much as I can because uh, I know there's still a lot of people still playing it. Um, but it just it sucked the air out of the room for me. And something I thought was only going to take a couple hours, ended up taking another 13, and then there's a moment in the last couple of hours that was so I thought it was a dream because I was like okay, this is just too on the nose this is too idyllic there's no way this is, and then it just kept going and it turns out, oh, this is real and then the very, very end I I just, I didn't did not like how it ended. Um, the the things that you're forced to do, like there's just I. The only other time that a story has made me feel this much despair and hopelessness, and maybe that's what they're going for. Who knows? Was 1984? I had to stop reading that book at a certain point because it made me so fucking depressed getting through it. But I finished it, and it was worth it. Because there were things throughout there that that carried the story and made it not such, even though it ends on such a down note. Nineteen eighty four, the Last of Us. Nineteen eighty four. Okay. The Last of Us ends the same way. And the exact same. Story. It's just it's it's a, someone throws a hammer through a screen. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, I don't. know. I feel like I'm rambling at this point. I just it it all like when you have. Like a genre, like a style of gameplay that is adequate, it's good, it's improved over the first game, but still, I don't actively enjoy myself in those types of situations. And then you throw in a story that I dislike, it just exacerbates the things that I dislike and makes it... So I I almost just put it down and said, screw it, this isn't worth it. But I wanted to see it through. I wanted to be able to have a complete conversation with people who did finish it. Sure. And I know, I realize I am in the minority here, uh, except you know, there are like dumpy shitheads who say they dislike it for reasons irrelevant to the ones that I do. But I know that there are also people who feel the same way I do about this, even though it's extremely lauded and, and praised yeah. and, and all that stuff. So, Bobby, you were <sighs> asking... You asked what I think was a good question. It was, what's the difference between this game and The Last of Us 1? And again, I haven't played Last of Us 2, but from the, the from the preview coverage that I got, from what I've seen, from hearing Johnny's comments, I and I was thinking a little bit more about The Last of Us 1. The Last of Us 1 has hope in it. You mm-hmm. and Ellie are on this co- cross-country adventure because there's this chance that she's going to save humanity. So I think even as things are dark, even at its very darkest point, you are on a mission that is hopeful. And 
from everything I've seen and heard about The Last of Us 2, there is nothing hopeful here. It is a revenge well, story. I'll, I'll rebuttal with this, that you're on a mission for hope. In that particular in, time. In, you don't, one, or, in, in that, one or two. In one. one. Okay. And so you're going through that game. And again, like what Naughty Dog does is, is they don't give you a whole lot of choice. No. Have you watched what's going on and you just, like a lot of times, you know, we talked about it offline, but like with like Uncharted, you're this charismatic Indiana Jones guy going hunting for treasure and the world's your oyster and you're happy to be on that ride and it's fun and yada, yada, yada. But then you get into something like The Last of Us and they use a similar formula, but then there's times that like you don't want to be on that ride, but you don't have a choice. To Johnny's point, you put the controller down. Like that's that's the option. You don't get to re-roll your character. You don't get to start to develop this skill tree. You don't get to take on this partnership. You don't get to avoid these missions. Like you just are there. Yeah. Um, and I think that. Go ahead. I think that to Chase's point, though, like. We didn't know better at the time. And we didn't really care about who we had to cross or what we wanted to do it. And your like, look, your actions felt justified in a way. The the ends justified the there means. There was even I mean like there's a lot of layers here. Paternal um like human instinct like just nature versus nurture here in this particular case like you are surviving in a lot of senses. And like when you go out as Ellie in the first game you're trying to get shit to help save Joel because he's all fucking laid out from getting a pipe ran through him. And like all that shit that happens, mm -hmm. you feel justified in every move. Like you feel justified in every version of that character that you're seeing. In the, so the actions you have to take in this game, it feels like they take these actions because the story demands it, not because it's their the character themselves would perform this action. I disagree 100%. And I, I think that that's... Like you're just taking these characters that people love, uh, and sending them. Like you just wanted to write a story about revenge and hate, and it doesn't matter how the characters portrayed in the first game for them to have this sudden. Like, I understand what happens to them is traumatic, but like, it's just it wasn't fully sold to me. I didn't really, I didn't but fully I think buy it. There's a whole point with like what's going on in this game. So for me, like to, to wrap up my talk on the first game, I love that game. I like it just as much as you two have discussed, but I walked away from that game feeling like that story is not done. And like, I absolutely they, felt it was finished. I did yeah, not want anything else from that. You know, like they legitimately, like they basically pulled us up almost a Sopranos in my opinion, where it's like, Hey, guess what? You're alive. We're not going to discuss it further because of what went down. And I wanted to know Joel had made a pretty big fucking decision mm -hmm. for somebody else without any permission to do so. We all knew that we were on the inside track and it was brilliant storytelling because we knew all the pieces that one other person didn't that impacted them more. So I wanted to explore that further and unpack it. I also, during that entire time, everybody was cheering. I remember watching the trailer for that at E3 when people were fucking cheering and screaming when Ellie's throwing bricks and bottles and stabbing people and support. I mean, that's also an E3 crowd that's excited to see new gameplay that is on, probably but, but a, a number of Sony and Naughty Dog people in the crowd. But but I'm not talking about the new game. I'm talking about the old game when they first showed that. And mm. this character, you're watching this. 14, yeah. Do all this shit. 
And this conversation that everybody seemingly wants to have right now about The Last of Us 2 was nowhere to be found when the first one came out about the actions that Ellie took and because they justified it based off of survival. And it was because you had a very linear perspective on who those characters were and where they were going and what they were doing. And I totally get that that we didn't know. We didn't know what we know now. I mean, you, so, you knew, we knew she was immune. We saw her get bit by a, a zombie, and she well, didn't yeah, turn but into that. Has him, nothing so. to do with her character, though. Well, I mean, that's her, her, that her is, personal character. That is justified hope, though. That is, I know for a fact this this character right here is immune to this disease. Let's get whatever's in her out to everybody. Like that's it's not it's not just a personal mission of hope. It's legitimate hope. And I don't I don't know everything that happens in The Last of Us Two, admittedly. But I've read a number of things where people feel like this revenge story that Ellie goes on at a certain point just feels like it keeps going without uh, without a driver there. And, well, and I feel like Last of Us it, Two. Let me tell you what I think one. about. It. All right, fair enough. Go ahead. So, as somebody who thoroughly enjoyed that story and what happened with it. You learn a lot more about this character and who they've become and why they're the person that they are now. Like, you've seen the story, what happened. They got fucked over from day one when they were left for somebody, a, a complete stranger to take across the country. They were left on a fucking slab, and by the grace of this, will. they didn't have that decision to make. They couldn't volunteer their life for good. That was taken from them. That was stripped from them. So they've had that whole thing in their life multiple times over stripped. They were superimposed into somebody else's life to be this makeshift daughter that they had lost prior. And that was sad and terrible, but we all had these people come together. Now you're fast forwarding to some shit. They've been brought up in a community that has her and terrible, terribly terrifying things. That's her life. That's what everybody, that's normal for this community. Then the, the thing that we've talked about that it's not, I mean, we can talk about what the events at the beginning of the game. I, I don't know. Your call. So spoilers, Joel get, spoilers, Joel gets fucking murdered in the most terrible way in front of her. And she's now set off on this path of revenge, but it's, it's muddy because the events that happened prior. about the back half of the game I can't get into tonight I can't talk about that far into it but I think what I can say is is that we left the character one way and for us to expect them to be who they are four years I totally I totally think that's fair that's I mean characters are allowed to grow I've like even the, the time where I didn't think it was justified was in God of War the new God of War where that's supposed to take place over a day, and yet your son sure. goes through like the entire ne- entirety of puberty in like a single day. That felt well, really whack to me. Yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, demigod, please. <laughs> um, but what I, what I love about yeah. this game is that they they offer you again without your choosing perspective, and I think it's interesting. Like how like we talked about Call of Duty offline, and like how that game traditionally puts you in the seat of like quote unquote the good side and like in a game where like you aren't given the choice to really craft how your character is when it's on rails like i think it becomes more about perspective and like just we happen to pick up the sticks and play this game as ellie and and then we pick up a very different ellie in this game 
and we we are carrying that burden that Joel and like Johnny I know that you think the pacing was off but this game takes place over several days not only Ellie than what you ever knew in the first game, but I, I wholeheartedly disagree that not only does this game, I think deserve to exist the way it does. It has taught me so much more about. The entire thing at St. Mary's has so much more weight to me now than it ever did before for a lot of reasons. And I, when I think about that perspective, it, it it also humanizes what Joel did even more. Game. I don't think you it was heroic. It was an incredibly selfish act. But they present it in a way that feels like you're triumphantly storming through a hospital. You're, oh, you're wiping man, out no. the firefighters. None of that felt good. That was just that was. But I, man, no, I think they like, give. Yeah. I think they play that ambiguously enough to allow both of those thoughts to go through somebody's head. Because I, I definitely was more on Johnny's side. Where it was like, I don't feel good doing this, but I understand this is what Joel wants. So I, I didn't feel great about storming through the, the hospital and, and taking Ellie back. But I can totally understand the perspective of somebody who has been in Joel's shoes, who has seen through all of The Last of Us 1, all these people who wanted to make the world a better place, but had flaws. That, that weren't able to get this done, why would this group be any better at doing that? And not only is it gonna, not only are they going to, are they going to fail or have the potential to fail, whether they're or not they fail. They're going to girl's life. Exactly. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna kill Without, that poor woman. <laughs> this, this game, I think, focuses more on collateral damage. And I'm not, this isn't like my like aha moment, but I was reading some things and they kicked off what they were sharing with, when you set on a revenge, dig two graves. Sure. And I think that that's a, like a, an incredible way for me to like wrap my head around what's going on here. And at the end of the day, like I also go back and I talked about this the last time I talked about the game, that quote from Adam driver about feeling 100% justified in the validation that he felt just as much that what he perspective sure i mean the best the best villains have motivations that are that they feel personally justified or you can understand i mean that's totally not to bring wrestling into this but the best wrestling villains are ones who you're like yeah they totally have a point they're just going about it in a dickish way uh yeah i I think that's interesting i mean the point i'd make which you probably wouldn't agree with but that confucius line about about uh revenge is a single line and it's very effective at what it does. And The Last of Us 2 is 35 hours of a Confucius line. And I know that yeah, is extremely again, reductive, but it's incredibly reductive. <laughs> that's how fair, I think it can be exhausting when it is revenge is bad, revenge is bad, revenge is bad, revenge is bad. I can tell you that the actions I did in this game, like I, I've been playing video games for. And there hasn't been a time, and this might tell you more about me, I don't know, but I'll be honest here. I've never felt bad about pulling a trigger, blowing up a person, sniping somebody, beating somebody with a melee weapon, any of those things. 
even when there's been another person, another human playing that character, and I can audibly hear them talking to me when I'm doing it. I've never felt the way I felt in this particular game about the actions I was doing. And for me to be able to say at almost 35 years old that I felt something new playing a video game is an incredibly powerful thing for me personally. And I think that, yes, this game is not easy. It's a fucking mess. It's hard. It's intentionally hard. They knew exactly the story they were telling when they told it. It's not It's not anything. So there's no surprises here from Naughty Dog. They knew that every moment from hurting an animal to hurting a person was going to make... They, they fucking have tests on I, I I agree that they knew the story they were going to tell. I, I, I think their yeah. confidence doesn't change the fact that I don't find it to be a compelling story that I want to take part in. That's fair. But I think that I went into this game not really like I wasn't so I was excited because I love The Last of Us, but I didn't ever once think that this would be game of the year for me. Like I had already been had one surprise this year with Final Fantasy and knowing that Cyberpunk seemingly was going to come out this year. So for me to go into this game and feel things that I felt and learn and like be challenged to like, am I blindly loyal to people because I have experience with them? Because look, like there's people that I grew up with that. And there's shit that's happened here in St. Louis over the last two weeks of people that I thought I knew very well that I don't want to have anything to fucking do with ever again. This is my last episode of the podcast, by the way, just (laughs) not related to Bobby's statement. (laughs) But I think that what this game does is, is it you allow people to get your praise or to just have your loyalty. And it makes like, even though you don't have a decision on it, it at least challenges you to like better understand perspective. And I think a lot of what we discussed over the last several weeks on this show around the bullshit that like the question that we've always said is like, we have to, to basically trust believers. We have to think about things differently than we have in the past. And that mindset of just being out, I think has kind of been lost, especially in the last four years. And not to take this into like a big political tirade, but like I think the ability for this game to challenge you to think about why would you want So I think that for me, going into it and not expecting to have to have that level of thinking about why is this person doing this? Because that's the first thing that happens. Like you don't know anything about like why did that just happen to this character that I love? without any explanation. Like I've never seen this person before. Immediately I'm curious. Then it goes down and I can talk more and more and more about it. And I, but I respect Johnny disagreeing and not liking it. This game is emotionally hard to get through. It's way like, even for me, like there's times in this room that I'm in right now, getting up and fucking heavy breathing, walking around and like shaking my hands out because of what I just did was not what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I think my my final thought would be uh, I've never been more conflicted about not liking something so much so that I was in the beginning of starting a new game plus just so I could play through it again and see if anything changed my mind. Um, but I also I want to say I, I don't know if resent is the right word, but how hard they hit like there's no it's impossible to 
not like it doesn't matter if your mind is closed at the beginning, but by the end it's gonna be fucking open because he hit you over the head with it so many times, and that annoyed me. Like I, I, I don't need. I understand that other people in this world are their own person with their own thoughts and feelings, and I don't need to have this weird morality lesson told to me over the duration of an extended period. Anyway, we especially especially by Naughty Dog, who has had many games in the past that have not cared about this at all. Yeah, it just so it does, it does seem a little tonally weird yeah, that it comes no, up like this now. No one is more upset that I dislike this game than I am. I'll just end by saying that. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Bobby's up there. Yeah, but I, I understand yeah, what you're saying. I mean, um, you're not. You obviously didn't learn a fucking lesson because you're not looking at my perspective here. I understand and appreciate your perspective. I just think they did a bad job telling <laughs> the story they were trying to tell. God, what is this? 2018 again? Uh well, to wrap this up, I will I will say, Bobby, I I'm glad that you felt like you were able to get something out of the game. Johnny, mm-hmm. I'm sorry that you didn't feel like you were able to get something out of the game. And there are I'm, some moments that I will nominate for moment of the year. Sure, from I, this I'm, game, I'm sure I, I believe that 100. percent um, And I also feel pretty confident in my feelings of of not needing to play this game. And I'm I'm feeling. I'm feeling just fine with my apathy <laughs> towards cool. The Last of Us 2. Uh, I also played Journey. That game seems cool. Journey's For good. the first time. I like yeah. Journey. We, we, can, <laughs> we can move on. Uh, Chase, yeah. why don't you take us through what game will be? Sure. Well, first, let's talk a little bit more about June and what came out. Um, we, we do this thing where we recap the last month, just see what we said would be the, the games of that month. So we could then uh, feel like, like, hey, did we did we live up to our picks? Uh, my picks for last month were Warborn, which is that tactics-style hex-based game. I downloaded it, haven't played it yet. Uh, the Destiny DLC, the, the Season of Arrivals, which I've played a lot of, and have some mixed feelings, but I think generally I'm pretty on board with that. Um, Griftlands, I, if I could play it, but I can't because I don't have those machines but we've heard bobby say very nice things about it johnny did you play it too or was it just bobby i downloaded it i have not played it yet okay but i definitely remember bobby had some nice things to say and then uh the pokemon isle of armor dlc which i think overall i was relatively disappointed in. bobby you had um uh the last of us part two how how did that turn out how did you feel about that i loved it (laughs) Uh, you also had the Pokemon DLC, Almost Gone, which you just talked about on this show, and Griftlands, which you've also talked about. Uh, and then, Johnny, you had um, The Last of Us 2, hmm. uh-huh. uh, Griftlands, and then you... Lo- uh, wait, did, did you write this or did I write this? No, you copied... Okay, you copied what I said. I that's, that's why it shows up on Dropbox like that. Uh, SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Did it you got, actually play uh, that? It got it got bad scores. It did get some bad it got scores. Like a two. Yeah, yeah. I think so, two or one. Looks rough. Yeah, that's a bummer. Maybe maybe they shouldn't have done that, but they did anyway. Uh, Bobby, I throw it back over to you to tell us about the month's free games with Xbox the, Games the with Gold free and PS Plus games. And air Pass. quote. All what? that free stuff that they give you for no other reason at all. Yes. Um. So if you are a subscriber to the Xbox Live. It is 
You get uh, WRC8 FIA World Rally Championship. That's World, yeah, World Rally Championship. Is, the is that a racing game? Just, just so you know. Yeah, it's a yes. rally car. And then you get a game called Dunk Lords. With great name. No, no idea about the game, name. but a great name. Uh, really those are both Xbox One games. Xbox Two. And then a game called Juju on July 16th. Going over to PlayStation. No. Dunk okay. Lords looks oh, like NBA Jam, kind of. Oh, I might have seen I might have seen something about Dunk Lords. Let me let me make sure. Oh, yeah, it's kind of like NBA Jam meets like Mario Kart because it's got like power ups that you can go run over Mm -hmm. and get some stuff. I think I saw something more about that game. I don't know how it turned out, but I think it's got like a a decent pedigree of people behind it. You've got you've got an Xbox Live account, right? I, I absolutely do. Or else I couldn't play Destiny with you on it. Uh, for PlayStation, their lineup this month, they got three this month. Like a little bonus here. So you get NBA 2K20, which Chase, I believe. Uh, yeah, I haven't played many of the games in it, but like that is the best basketball game out there. Even if it does have some pretty bad microtransactions in it, if you want to go that route, but you don't have to. You can Surprise mechanics, Chase, please. Sorry, yes. Surprise mechanics. And then uh, a game series that I like, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, the 20... 20- so, uh, that was, I think, the last good one that they did. I did not care for their. Con- Wasn't Shadow kind of a yeah? Wet Shadow fart? was it? It was they did some really weird supernatural stuff with that. What's the naming uh, convention of those? What's the first one? Uh, I believe it's Tomb Raider. Rise. Is it, is it just called Tomb Tomb Raider? Mm-hmm. I think it's just oh. Tomb Raider. Yeah, because okay. there's a reboot. Yeah, Tomb Raider okay. twenty whatever, and then twenty twelve. Uh, I think I think they yeah, came 20. out the same year as Bioshock Infinite. Ah, um, uh, yes. And then an- another get... game about revenge and morals. Yeah. Yes. Uh, there's a game called Erica that is. Hmm. Is uh, uh, Erica related to Catherine in any way? No. No, she's Just the not. sequel? It's absolutely not. <laughs> uh, July Game Pass games. There hasn't been as much information at this, this episode, by the way. Uh, but there's a few that have been recently announced. Out of the Park Baseball 21 for PC. Soul Calibur uh, 6. <laughs> wow. And then a game called Cross Code, which I did not look into that game, but the. We'll uh, talk about it. Art. Okay. The, uh, the cart, the, the cartridge or whatever. Yep. We, we'll talk about it later. Um, out of the park baseball is like a really stats heavy baseball game where it's kind of a more like a management sim. And, uh, there have been some very interesting uses of it right now. They, uh, because there hasn't been a baseball season for so long. I know the athletic uh, people subscribe to that. They had all of their editors take on a team in, in out of the park baseball. And they did, they did like a whole league where they could make, uh, trades and and fill out lineups and things like that and kind of had like this virtual season so people were following that when baseball wasn't a thing and now it's coming back and then also there's a very good uh fumble dimension that just came out on sb nation's uh youtube account uh where you can watch (laughs) watch somebody try to take one of the best teams uh in mlb history which is the 
uh, 95 Mariners? One of the Mariners in the 90s. I think it's, I think it's 95. Um, and then <laughs> see what happens when you let other people tell you how to play with the team and do, <laughs> do like community voting, which just means that the team tries to bunt a lot and beans over 3,000 people <laughs> over the course of a season. <laughs> It's a uh, huh. it's a very interesting video, and it uses out of the park baseball to do it. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, you guys want to talk about all right? The games well, Chase, yeah. July? Let me hand it back over to you, man. Let's hear about all right. There, there's not a ton, and I cut this list down even further because I don't think there's a, a an amazing array of games that are coming out. But I do think there's some interesting things. Uh, July first, Track Mania coming out for PC. This is the rebooted Track Mania. Which, uh, if you if you like build-it-yourself racers that have really terrible music and servers with a bunch of UI bullshit, Trackmania is your boy. Like that's that's something you need to get into. I, I have so not down. played it because I'm not a PC guy, but you guys, I think, should absolutely. It's on try Xbox. It, it is. Man, that, there have been I, some Trackmania games that have come to consoles. Yeah, I've heard more about that goddamn video games from <laughs> other things that I've listened to. Then I, I I just don't care. Like it's just how is this like such a big deal? It's I mean people are into it. It's a it's an interesting it's an interesting take on a racing game with uh, the way they do their mechanics, with the way people yeah. upload tracks where it's it's kind of a never ending game because people can build these tracks and do time trials on them. Yeah, I uh I think there was one that was a game with gold or something. because uh, I, I played a Whatever the most recent one was. Like Trackmania Turbo, I think, came out mm-hmm. to a lot of stuff. It might have been that one. 2016. Maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I had fun with it. So, Johnny, do you think you'll play this new Trackmania? I think so. There's a free version. So, I mean, I can try it out without sure. spending any money. So, well, I probably today, will. So. Uh, Check out, it out. Out on Friday. Friday? Friday. Uh, of yep. this week is Iron Man VR. Coming to PSVR. Ooh. I didn't know they were still making this. <laughs> it got, like it got delayed until Bolivian. Yeah, it got delayed around the same time as uh, uh, The Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. Mm, okay. I think in that same announcement, they... Yeah, and yeah. then it was also... Uh, I think it got mixed up a lot with Square Enix's Avengers game. Yeah. I think that they were both announced around the same time, and I think people were... We're kind of blurring the lines on what. Hmm. Eh, anyone not, care I mean, about Iron Man VR? No. Nope. When's the last <laughs> time you played a VR game? Uh, a month ago, maybe. Wow. Played some Beat Saber with Jude not that long ago. Interesting. Uh, let's see. July. S- I don't have anything against VR. I have everything against my setup. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, July seventh. Catherine Full Body is coming to Switch. It's already out on PS4. This is the uh, remake, you know, like port with extra stuff. Remix. The definitive. This is edition. Cinemax, the video game. No, it's not. It's there's nothing. It's the Cherry Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> this is Hustler. There's nothing. There's nothing so lewd in this game. It's just. It's a game about infidelity. But with puzzles. It, it's not. Yeah, it's it's a puzzle game, really. <laughs> um, Didn't but, you tell me that I shouldn't play Catherine when my wife's. 
No, you shouldn't, because I think it's very suggestive, but it is not it. all all out lewd. Um, so what they've done in Catherine Full Body is they've added another character. And so there's in in that game there is Catherine with a K, who is your longtime girlfriend. There is Catherine with a C, who is this younger girl who has shown interest in you, who uh, you're kind of being tempted by. And now in Full Body, uh, there is a girl named Rin, which is short for Catherine. <laughs> um, and she seems interesting. I don't know exactly uh, how that has all come out, but there were definitely some thoughts that there might be some trans stuff going on there and that it wasn't done particularly well. I don't know how much of that got changed in localization or changed even before the game came out. Uh, but it has kind of soured me on playing Catherine Full Body. <sighs> but honestly, the game still plays really well. Like the, the puzzle part of Catherine, I think, is very fascinating, and I kind of want to go back and play more of that. So it's on my wish list on Switch, but it's probably something I'd wait for a sale on. And sure. and yeah, I again, it's not one I would necessarily uh, not one I would necessarily say, hey, honey, come in and let's play Catherine together because it's going to ask you a bunch of weird questions about marriage where it's like, hey, is marriage the beginning of your life or the end of your life? And like, I I don't think that binary question is really that fair. I might not answer yeah. it either way. Um, but also probably just not something you'd want to have your wife there to uh, to hear your answers to. Sure. Anyway. <laughs> uh, or if you didn't want to buy Catherine Full Body, also coming out on the 7th is Super Liminal, which is coming out for Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Um, this has been on the Epic Game Store for a while, and it's coming to Steam later this year. But uh, this game is cool. Have you guys seen much about Superliminal? I'm uh, no. pulling up the Epic Game Store right now, actually. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of it reminds me of like the Stanley Parable quite a bit, where okay. it's a it's a 3D puzzleish game. Um, I guess it's also kind of like it's got some Portal vibes to it. It's got some um, oh, there's another game out there that that reminds me a lot of what this game is doing. Like uh, oh, what's the uh, Damn it! What's that PC game with like the non-Euclidean geometry? Oh, I forgot what it's called. Anyway, oh, I don't know. Listeners probably know what I'm talking about. It's got like all the weird colors, like white rooms, but then like a bunch of color stuff shows up too. Uh, anyway, the the gimmick with this game is that it's all about perspective. So you can mm. you can walk around a oh, room. That's neat. And there are like three different pieces of this box, but like one is on a pillar, one is on the floor, and one is on a wall behind you. And if you walk in the right way, you can line things up so that box comes together. And once it's come together where it actually looks real, you can pull it like it's an object and grab it and bring it into the world with you and then use that as a box that you can then jump on and jump up to a to an extra space but it's it's more than that because you could also put that box down and it's relatively small when you're seeing it but then you can get closer to it to make it look bigger or or like change your perspective on the box to make it look bigger and pick it up and now it's actually bigger so you can you can do all sorts of playing around with geometry and it just seems like an incredibly interesting way to do a puzzle game 
and I think that looks really cool. So again, coming to Switch, PS4, Xbox on the 7th. Uh, this one might be one that I pick up. It looks really cool. Uh, the next game we got on July uh, July 9th, sorry, 7-9, is uh, the game that Bobby mentioned earlier, and that's CrossCode. Uh, Johnny, have you seen anything with CrossCode before? I I just watched a trailer for it, and it looks like a pretty neat little 2D action RPG type game. Yeah, it came out on the on the PC a while ago. I have here it's written it's part of a, a port of a 2020 indie game, but that can't be right. It, it was a maybe uh, this full release trailer I'm looking at here is from uh, September 2018. 2018. That sounds that sounds right. Um, yeah, but it's an action RPG. It's got SNES style graphics. It's uh, mm. it reminds me a lot of Chrono Trigger in its Chrono Trigger. And it's like and art Super design. Metroid a little bit. Yeah, I can see that, but it is mostly top down. Um, yeah, I meant like one of the bosses that I saw. Got you, got like, you. Like tone, I was in the tone middle of the screen stuff. and you're jumping around it. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like it's like an action. It's like if Chrono Trigger was an action RPG uh, because it also has some like tech kind of stuff that's going on. Like there's some swords. I'm sorry, not tech like techniques, tech like technology. Thinking about Chrono Trigger, don't want to get people confused. Um, but it, it's kind of like a futury Chrono Trigger, which is weird because you can also go to the future in Chrono Trigger. Um, but like sword stuff, but sword stuff combined with technology. Uh, I, I think it looks really interesting. And uh, it's, it's on my wish list for Switch. I, I feel like this is one I might pick up day one because um, I remember hearing a lot of good things about it when it came out to the PC earlier. Yeah, that looks really cool. Next up, on the 10th, we are getting Bloodstained Curse of the Moon 2 for Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I didn't even know they were making a second game. I didn't either. So the, the first game was part of the Kickstarter for Bloodstained. Bloodstained uh, mm -hmm. Circle of the Moon, I think, was the, was the proper one. Like, that was the 3D one. Uh, which mm -hmm. was like Symphony of the Night. But this one, Curse of the Moon 2, or Curse, the original Curse of the Moon, was more like NES-style Castlevania. Yeah. And this is this is that. Like It's it's kind of like faux. It's another one of those. Yeah, it's like a faux 8-bit, definitely doing techniques that you couldn't do on a, on a, a normal NES, but it's got that look to it. There are a ton of playable characters, all the playable characters from the first game, plus a, a bunch more. They all have their own ways of attacking. I, I never gave the first Curse of the Moon much attention, but this one, for whatever reason, because it doesn't look that different from the first game, but just no. watching it, I'm like, wow, this game looks kind of cool. Uh, Did they kickstart this one too? I don't believe so. This is, I don't uh, think so. They, okay. You think they did? No, no, no. Oh, okay. It's just something I need. Yeah, I, I think the first one, the first one was a Kickstarter stretch goal uh, for for yeah. the original Bloodstained that was made by NT Creates. But I think NT Creates is just like, hey, that one went really well and people were pretty happy with it. Let's make a second one. So sure, pretty pretty cool. I'm I'm glad it's being uh, made. One of the playable characters is Hachi. Yes, a corgi who pilots a robot. That's correct. So, what? Yes. That's fun, Bobby. You are obligated to. Yeah. I have to get this. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't oh. see the corgi in the sprite. I don't know where he's hiding in that robot, but uh, that's what they said. He is a, a corgi and a robot. So you know, that's Castlevania, really except not Castlevania. Yeah, bloodstained. Uh, speaking of weird things coming out on 
July 10th. De weird sequels that we thought we would never get. How about Deadly Premonition 2, A Blessing in Disguise? I mean, I never so played weird. exclusively but... for the Switch. That's, That's hey, so bizarre. It's very weird. This, is, this is a sequel to a 2010 game that was kind of a flop that was this weird cult not even a hit like it, it just was like this weird cult curiosity and then for whatever reason last year we heard that not only was the first game getting remastered and put out to switch but they were making this fucking sequel and here it comes on july 10th uh i i don't really know a ton about deadly premonition i know it's got a lot of DNA from Twin Peaks, that, that television series, which I have yeah. never seen, but that is one that I hear people go apeshit over. Um, so, I don't know. Is that your bag, guys? Is that is this... I have, nah. have no frame of reference for I this. mean, I uh, like Control. Friend of, yeah, it's friend true. of the show, Jason, like uh, I think is excited for this one. J J oh, which Jason? Which friend? Which friend, Jones. Jason? Jason Jones? Jason Jones. Okay, we have so many Jason friends. A Striker... Jason Voorhees, Jason mm -hmm. Drew Raz, all all good yeah. friends of the show. Oh, Mr. A to Z. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a fucking stupid name. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's move on to last to another stupid game. Last year's game of the year, uh, Death Stranding. That was our game of the year, right? We wouldn't have given it to anything yeah. else. Like it's the obvious choice. It, it was a game that you shouldn't have liked the way that uh, you did. So it's The Last of Us Two. For, for you. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I didn't. I, I absolutely meant to do that, but I shouldn't have. There's more suffering in Death Stranding than there is in The Last of Us 2. Yes, Bobby, I agree. <laughs> okay, all right. I guess I'll have to take your word for it. But part of me, a, a sick part of me, also kind of wants to see it on PC because I know how good it's going to look. Yeah, well, you can it get great. it on... I want to uh, see the mods, man. Yes, I yeah. definitely want to see that. I want to so, see the, the Randy Savage dragon fly over, fly over the oh Death Stranding world. Um, Make all the PTs in a Macho Man. Sure, that sounds perfect. Um, and then, thumbs up from Macho Man. I want to pull out little creamer cups. I want his hologram. Yes. Where I, deliver, this, I want a mission where you the deliver cream so the cream over three minutes. Yes, the cream. That's you deliver nothing but cream to Macho Man. <laughs> I want that mission. Let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Um, well, you can you can try that out nothing on July fourteenth. Oh boy. Uh, Any anyway. was he ever not on on cocaine? Of course, yeah, but mm, well, I, no. I love. Move on. I when love he, Macho Man yeah. Randy Savage. <sighs> July seventeenth, we are getting Ghosts of Sushima for the PS4, and this is this marks the end of PS4? PlayStation exclusives. Is this PS4? Okay, I triple A. I mean PS4 because I see another PlayStation Four exclusive coming at the end of this month. That yeah, you can't discount that shit. Uh, but uh, yes, yeah, like this. I'm, I'm really excited for that game. Ghost of Tsushima or the one that comes uh -huh. out later? No, no. <laughs> no. Hey, well, I'm glad you're just I've not already suffered enough of this year, Chase. <laughs> I've already suffered enough. So, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I hope it's not a revenge story. Oh God. no! Well, I mean, it kind of has to be, right? Doesn't your like village get burned I or mean, something? It's, it's about Mongols invading the island of Tsushima. Yeah. So yes, it's yeah. yeah. That's probably not going to go great. <laughs> hey, dig two graves. <laughs> dig more than two. I have a feeling there's going to be a little bit more killing in Ghost of Tsushima. Is this, there's there's dismemberment in this game, correct? I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. 
Sign me up. I'm uh, yeah. Even I'm kind of interested. Like I'm I'm not big into AAA games these days. It seems, but this one has a has a look and a tone to it. Uh, Sekiro was never going to be my thing because of its Dark Soul roots, but I liked the world it was playing in. And even though Ghost of Tsushima is a little bit more grounded, well, a lot more grounded than Sekiro is, it still has that feudal Japan style to it that I that I, I think, think it's I'm more of an action for. game, right, than what like a, a stance game that Sekiro is. Uh, action stealth, yeah, but but yes, yeah. it's not yeah. it's not all about animation priority or things like that that, that you get in a Dark Souls style yeah. game. Um, it's got some style to it, though, man. There's a button beautiful. to flick the blood off of your sword. I, I mean, game of the year. Right there, and another button to wipe your sword off on your sleeve. I mean, if we have, I've a- been watching. What? I was gonna say I've just been watching a lot of YouTube videos of how to use a katana, and I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people I didn't think that would have yeah. those katanas that do. Been studying and, the blade. They do. Well, I was trying to get ready, but it seems like you're only cutting watermelons and two liters of Mountain Dew with those these days. <laughs> so I'm a little confused. <laughs> Yes, there are very specific use cases. Is there a button to flick the Mountain Dew off my katana? <laughs> yes. No, you drink it and uh, lick it off. If we if we have a button of the year category, I feel like Ghost of Tsushima <laughs> might have some some entries into it. That's a category that has to be their button of the year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also coming out the seventeenth is Paper Mario: The Origami King for Nintendo Switch. It looks that so looks fucking good. good. It does look pretty it looks good. So good. I, I will temper my expectations a little bit that. Paper Mario Color Splash on the Wii U also looked really good, really vibrant, really colorful. That same kind of, hey, we have real-life objects that are also in the paper world, and that game turned out to not be that great in terms of playing it. So I'm I'm tempering my expectations. We haven't gotten a, a quote-unquote good Paper Mario game for a while, but yeah. I want this game to be good. I believe in the Switch. I, I my fingers are crossed that they they Please. put in the best effort possible for for a Switch a new Switch game. Let, let the game be good. Uh, please. Boy wants the game to be good. Let the game be <laughs> I good. I really need this game to be good. Please <laughs> let me be a good game. <laughs> On the twenty eighth, destroy all humans. Uh, this is the this was yeah. a fun remaster Xbox game coming out for Switch, PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Stadia. I wish wow. it was Stubbs the Zombie. Yes, remaster. I I think we got that. Did we? Or no, we didn't. No, we we got, didn't get there was Stubbs. another one. No. Stubbs hasn't been. No, removed. we got Blinks the Time Cat. Blinks the Time Sweeper. No, we got Voodoo Vince. We got Voodoo Vince. That's the one that we got. We did not get yes. Blinks the Time Sweeper. Voodoo, that's what I was yes, thinking Voodoo. of. Okay. And there's not any other games this month. <laughs> oh, man. That hurts. <laughs> I I will not share my birthday with this. I refuse to. <laughs> oh, this is your birthday? Bobby, yeah, I know, I know what I'm getting Bobby for his birthday. No. It's going to no. be great. Bobby, you know, as an early birthday gift. I don't give a goddamn about Gundam. Bobby, I, as an early birthday gift, I want you to tell me the name of this game. Mobile suit, goddamn extreme versus maxi boost on. Yeah, you did well. I mean, you purposely mispronounced Gundam, but I'll I'll accept it. Yes, on July thirtieth, the year, uh, the the day of of our Bobby's birth, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam yes. Extreme versus Maxi Boost on comes out for the PS4. Um, Is that a fighting game? Kind of, it's a two on two arena fighter. So it's kind of okay. like it, it's kind of more like uh, Power Stone in a way, like it's you're you're jumping around arenas, shooting rockets. 
it's kind of got a little bit of armored core to it, but it's much faster and much more anime, of course. Uh, I think the really cool thing about this game, I've never played any of the, the Gundam Extreme Versus games uh, because they kind of require you to play in multiplayer. Like it's it's mm-hmm. they have computer AI opponents and and uh, um, allies, but you know that's not the way you want to play this game. You want to get online and play against other people. And if you play it in America, you're gonna get fucking destroyed by Japanese people who really care about these games and characters. And I only care about the characters. <laughs> um, but I the attention to detail when it comes to all the suits that are in this game, there are a ton of mechs in this game. And not only that, there are a ton of pilots, and even pilots who barely pilot one of these mechs in in the show. It's like, yeah, sure, let, let's put them in there. Like, uh, Rue Luca, who I know is your favorite Gundam, uh, Zeta Gundam uh, character, yeah. She, yeah. she is usually in the Zeta Gundam, um, but that happens later in, in uh, Gundam Double Zeta. Of course, everyone knows that because uh, Camille, Camille Bidon does, drives the, uh, the Zeta Gundam in Zeta Gundam because, I mean, he's the main character. Of course he does. But so you have like, hey, it's the, Z- it's the Zeta Gundam, but you can choose which pilot you want to go in it. And I believe the pilots also have uh, some different skills depending on who is behind the, behind the controls of that, the hmm. specific mech. So I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's a lot of different Gundam series all coming together under one roof. Uh, I, as you know, am now the the world's foremost expert on Gundam. Uh, that is alive. There's still I barely have seen even half the series. Um, but hell yeah, I I'm I'm not gonna get this, but I might. But I'm not gonna get this. It looks kind of fun. But I might. But I might. I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, time to move on to our picks for the month. Uh, my picks, uh, Cross Code for sure, uh, Paper Mario, The Origami King, and I don't know, like, maybe Catherine Fullbody. I, I, I really liked those puzzles. I kind of want to see sure. what the fuck they did with Rin. I know it's going to be bad, but I got to see it. I'm going to have to do some... I gotta do some research on CrossCode. I was having some uh, technical difficulties during that segment, so I'll look it up after the show. It's like future um, future action RPG Chrono Trigger. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm gonna go with Ghost. I've I've been really impressed with that, what they've shown for that game. I think it looks incredibly well done, and uh, I'm excited to see what that studio does with that particular style of video game. Uh, I'm a big sucker for Paper Mario, uh, albeit I've not played a lot of them. I've played the original ones, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And then Destroy All Humans, uh, that particular era, the early 2000s, was a very special time for me as well. And I, I can't remember, Like I think I may have played this game originally. Uh, there was a demo that was out available for the remaster here on PC. I, I downloaded it, I just haven't played it yet. So I'm throwing that one on there, like as I anticipate that to be a game that will be like six dollars one day on PC, and I'll pick it up. Cool. Uh, for me, Ghost of Tsushima as well. Uh, I'm really excited to play that. I liked Infamous Second Son. Yeah. Which I realized two completely different games, but uh, same developer. I'm really excited to see what they do with a different type of game. Uh, Paper Mario. I've actually never played a Paper Mario game before. Uh, well, if you don't like and, it, I've got some better ones to recommend. Okay. But I hope you do like and it. And I think I'm going to check out Trackmania. Very nice. There you go. 
Bobby, I think uh, uh, I think it's your turn to wrap this up. Yeah. So uh, you two were able to get together and record a new episode of Gamers on the Go, which is your podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about Gamers on the Go, what you've been up to, and where we can listen to it. Sure. You can go to GamersOnTheGo.com. Johnny was nice enough to join me, and we talked about uh, the, I wouldn't say indie puzzle game, because it's made by Intelligent Systems, uh, makers of Fire Emblem, but uh, we talked about Pushmo that came out on the 3DS. And then by virtue of talking about Pushmo, we also ended up talking about Crashmo and Stretchmo, which were its ill-fated sequels, question mark? They they were generally favorably received. They were favorably received, sure. But they were not as good as They were definitely not as good as Pushmo. Um, So we we talked about all those games and even the Wii U uh, sequel as well, Pushmo World. And uh, that was that was a lot of fun to talk to Johnny about those and, and kind of go down memory lane for what at one time was a really uh, formative puzzle game for me. I, I really, really enjoyed that game. And uh, if you want to go back a couple episodes to the best 3DS games ever, I believe Pushmo is in that top 25 and relatively high. There you go. Nice. Uh, Johnny, what have you been playing with your son? Uh, Ring Fit Adventure. Ring Fit Adventure. Yeah. Uh, still some some Smash Brothers occasionally, some Minecraft. You played with the, Min the Min? The usual suspects. No. In fact, I don't think I bought that second uh, How dare pass. you? Well, save your coins because the Steam Summer Sale is going on right now, and I saw that all of the Hello Neighbor games are on there for like two We bucks. already yeah. own Hello Neighbor. Yeah, on but, but what if you could own more of it? It's also on Game Pass on PC. So we're Oh, well, there you go. Uh, and for us here at the show, you can definitely leave us a message on Anchor, which is how this podcast is hosted. Uh, we did not get any from Phil this week. I think we ran him off, but we'd love to hear back from him. Good riddance. Yeah. Like, let, us, uh, let us know what your favorite game coming out in July yeah. is. Uh, let us know your thoughts on The Last of Us 2. Actually, don't, don't tell. Keep your, yeah. keep your thoughts on The Last of Us 2 to your goddamn self. We don't want. We don't want to hear that. Your goddamn self. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it to your goddamn self. Um. But yeah, if you have any thoughts on anything we talked about or you want to hear us talk about, shoot us an email at uh, or thecasualhour@gmail.com or on Twitter at thecasualhour or here on Anchor, which is anchor.fm/thecasualhour. Thank you for bearing through Johnny and I's disdain for another as we talk about <laughs> a game that we both love and hate. Uh, we will be back next week to tell you about what we've been playing. And I think Chase has got a little fun thing in the pipe for next month's uh, Deep Dive. I'm so pretty excited stick about Stick around. It. Keep us close, and we'll talk to you all soon. <laughs>